Hello, welcome to episode seven. Well, we're at seven already of the Adrenaline Podcast. Had a fun one today. I'm going to be talking to uh, one of the better players to have come out of the West, which I think is appropriate given that uh, this is the Adrenaline Podcast and the focus is on uh, for Adrenaline and for West Coast Stars. The focus is on non-traditional lacrosse areas. And so today's guest, former player of mine, Mikey Schlosser. And uh, we're going to be talking about his uh, path to his professional career now. He was, uh, he was also one of my first recruits at Michigan, was a great player and leader at Michigan as we were building the program, and, um, but grew up in a, in a non-traditional area on, in the East Bay, Davis High School, uh, across the bay from San Francisco, um, where he was a standout lacrosse player, but uh, was a didn't commit until his senior year of high school, was kind of a late bloomer, didn't get discovered until late, as, uh, as especially back then, as was the case for many Western players. Um, had a, a very good college career and now is blowing up professionally after a kind of transition year, his first year figuring it out. This year um, was part of the champion Denver Outlaws organization, and not just part of it, but one of the key players was uh, their leading scorer, at the midfield and, and I think was the only player that scored in every single game. Uh, just, just really kind of blew up and, and is going to try his hand next at indoor lacrosse, which he's never played. It'd be interesting to see how he transitions to that as the, uh, the new program in San Diego, the Seals, just, uh, just picked up his rights. So uh, fun conversation today with Mikey as we talk about um, his path to where he is now, uh, the things he loved about playing in college, what he's learned as a pro, what he's doing with his life now, uh, and where he gets the energy he gets, because uh, as you'll as you'll see listening to him, and um, if you if you get to know him better by watching him, uh, he has a really unique style, personality, and zest for life that uh, that's contagious, and it, it's one of the things that makes him such a great person to have on a team. Teams that have him now are pretty lucky to have him. Uh, before we jump into the interview, really quick. I talk uh, a little bit at the end of the podcast today about relationships forged in team sports, lacrosse specifically, obviously, and how special those are. And and uh, I talk specifically about a, a couple of mine, uh, a couple guys who who I go hiking and and used to go climbing with. I used to do a lot of mountaineering, like big mountain mountaineering, and a couple of guys who played for me twenty two years ago who uh, were sometime climbing partners of mine and, and hiking partners. And, um, and so I'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast, but, uh, every once in a while I'll give a link to follow and, uh, and here's, here's a, a great follow. If you're into this on, um, on Instagram, it's, uh, it's an account called semi rad S E M I underscore rad. And the, the gist, he does, kind of cartoony graphs and charts. Um, a lot of it is outdoor sports oriented, climbing and hiking and running, but a lot of it isn't. A lot of it's just about life. It's all humorous, but it all kind of hits home, especially if you're in the working world. 
uh, a lot of the stuff he he touches on uh, in his in his Instagram account are really going to strike you as yep, I, I totally get that or I totally agree with that. So kind of interesting, fun follow if you're not following him now on, on Instagram, semi underscore rad. Give him a look. Uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into the interview on the other side of this with Mikey, Mikey Schlosser. Schlosser. And we're back. We've got a really special guest today, my man Mikey Schlosser, who you guys uh, probably all know as a stud midfielder for the Denver Outlaws. I know as a former Michigan player who was one of my first recruits at Michigan and as, uh, and as a great ambassador of the game from California. Mikey, what's up, buddy? Not too much. Just uh, the usual. Excited, excited for another great day here today. Yeah, which is pretty much sums up you to me like that's that seems to be the attitude of the guy I've known for what like seven eight years now you you take life day to day as much as anybody I've ever met and, and you kind of, you had that early I mean you had that when I first met you as a high school player and, and student where's that come from um I don't know I think I'm just fortunate to be around be around a lot of great people and learn you know learn from them I definitely was very lucky to, you know, have great mom, great dad, great brother, learn a lot of great things from them. And, you know, when you're around that all the time, it's easy to, I guess, have those same feelings and actions. Yeah. You do have a, you do have a great family and uh, I was fortunate to get to know them pretty well. Your dad is kind of a, a man's man, carpenter, like do it all dude. Your mom's a stud world champion triathlete. And, uh, and then you got a brother who's a rocker, so pretty diverse group. Everybody kind of has their thing, but uh, but they all have this energy, right? The Schlosser clan has this has this energy about them that uh, that is is pretty cool to be around. It's really contagious. So um, I don't know how you do it, man, but every day I've seen the same Mikey for years. You get up ready to go, ready to attack the day. Um, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, about what you're doing now. So I know you got a million things going, uh, but I want to talk a little bit about your professional career. Uh, you've been with the outlaws for two years. You guys won a championship this year. The biggest thing to me though, about you is your rookie year. I think you had one goal if I'm right. And then this year you blew up and had 23 goals, led the team at the midfield, uh, in scoring and obviously played a really key role. What changed for you? Um, uh, I really just think, you know, first of all, <clears throat> the coaching staff that we had does a tremendous job of really letting everyone to, or having everyone play to their strengths and not worrying too much about doing, doing more than they need to do. Um, and then also just as a team, we're very fortunate. We have a lot of guys who, you know, all they care about is the offense doing well and not just them doing well. And that really led to you know, every game we come in with a mindset to play good team offense. And some days you're the guy to score a couple of points. Some days you're the guy to make the hockey assist or just clear the ball or do simple little things like that that ultimately lead the goals for us. And so being part of a system like that um, is just, you know, it was a really awesome opportunity and it's been an incredible experience. Um, and even because so 
last season, my first season, I got to play in one game at the end of the year. And even coming in then, I came in and I didn't, I really didn't know anyone and nobody knew me. And so, but everyone is so welcoming on that team. I actually, I missed practice the day before and showed up the day of the game for the walkthrough and met everybody. There was only like one other person I think I had met before. And everybody is so welcoming and quick to teach, um, especially on the field. You know, we have a lot of, a lot of players who on the field do a ton of coaching and help talk through certain things, which really makes it, makes it simple and makes it a lot of fun. Who on that team really took you under their wing over the last year or two? Who are some of the mentors that you have there? Um, on the offensive end, uh, definitely like Eric Law, Matt Cavanaugh, um, Drew Snyder, another midfielder. He, you know, he's a stud and he was always – always there to communicate and kind of work through what we were trying to do. Um, and like Kyler Blestry, he's, a, you know, he's only a little, little bit older, but he had more experience and, you know, he was a great mentor out there. Um, and then, you know, throughout the whole team, uh, a guy like Matt Bocklet, he just retired this year, but wow. he was a tremendous leader for us. He really, you know, set the tone for so many things and always, always kind of said the right thing and always said it with the right demeanor that instilled a lot of confidence in guys. Um, and then Mike Simon, he was, you know, he's an older, older defenseman. Well, he's not, you know, he's a stallion. <laughs> guy's, guy's in incredible shape, but he, he really helped a ton in terms of just, you know, every little thing and kind of how to, how to, how to, how to do it the right way. So really, and really everybody, it's hard, you know, it's almost like you go on the list and name everybody's name off and say a few things about how they helped. And everyone just really, really worked together and really cared about what we were trying to accomplish. That's a pretty special group and, and, you know, what you're describing. You guys, through the season this year, you know, you didn't start looking like a championship team, right? It's kind of, you're, you're kind of a middle of the pack MLL team throughout most of the season. What clicked late in the season to lead to the championship run? Um, yeah, we had a very rocky start. <laughs> I think we started off 0-2 or 0-3. And then at one point we were, we finally got our first win um, against New York on a Friday, and then we had to play on Sunday, and we got blown out. Um, it was the worst worst game of the season for us, and we thought we were finally finally clicking. But I remember it was after I can't remember if it was at, it was after when we were we were you know zero and three or one and three, and uh, we were, we go into the locker room. I just remember Matt Bocklet was in there, and you know he said to everybody, "This isn't rock bottom, but it has to be." And I don't know what it was about that, but it really, it definitely resonated with me. And I know after talking to other guys, a lot of other guys remember that kind of moment. And, um, you know, from that point on, we really just defensively clamped down, started, you know, really dominating on the defensive end and the offense really started to click. And I think everyone started to learn each other's tendencies and kind of learn their place in the system. Um, and yeah, we went on a nice little six game run there when we were one, once we were one and four. So that was huge for us. And, you know, we were, we were, we were playing really well on both sides. We there's a lot of games that we were blowing them out and you know, it was just a, a huge credit to, to the defense clamping down and then you know, the offense and the coaches really putting us on the right right places to uh, execute and make plays. But um, that was a big turning point. Definitely that, that kind of one and four start and then going on that run and kind of realizing what we were capable of. It's interesting because, you know, sometimes you have to hit a low point to reach your high points, right? To, to get and, and people and or teams can either cave from that 
or they can, or they can really band together and get stronger. Right. And it sounds like that's what you guys did. You, you took, you took a low and turned it into a positive, right. Going forward. It's a great lesson yeah. from that, isn't there? No, no doubt. It, it really is. It's a great credit to the, the leaders on that team and the coaching staff. I mean, there was, there's a lot of guys who were on the, in that same locker room that, um, in 2016, same thing. They, they were, I think they were two and four or, you know, they were, they started off very slow and they had to win. They had to, or no, they might've been two and six and they had to win eight straight games to make the playoffs. And they ended up winning it that year. And, you know, that stuff doesn't just happen by chance. You know, it really, it really is because of the, the leaders in that locker room who, you know, ensure that nobody gets too low and nobody gets too high when they're doing well. Sure. Um, what do you see as your, you know, you said the coaches do a good job putting everybody in position to do what they do well. What do you see as your role as a, as a Denver outlaw now? What do, what are you expected to do? Um, I think uh, kind of sometimes is to just get the offense started. So with an initial dodge and hope to draw a slide and then look to move it through X um, or move it wherever the open guy is. Um, and then I think just little, little kind of transition things in the clearing game is something that that's my favorite part of the game. And so being able to be a part of that and, you know, try and try and kickstart things there. Has your, uh, has your defensive game improved a lot over the last couple of years? Uh, I hope to say a little bit. I'm not really sure. I, I didn't play a ton of defense last year. Um, that is something that I'm really hoping to work on. I'm going to try and play indoor this season. Yeah. And I'm going to be playing mostly defense. And so, you know, I, I hope I can improve it. So then in the outdoor game, be able to play more two ways. Um, it's really, yeah, my favorite part is being able to clear the ball, especially sure. from the defensive end, and then look to push transition in that direction. So, yeah, my hope is to work on defense for the upcoming season. I think that's the, you know, it's, the, it's so important for a guy like you, right? And for anybody who plays the game who is uh, more of a, a full field speed player as you are, the opportunities you're going to get to do that to create transition come from the defensive end to the offensive end. So, you know, it's so important that you're a strong defensive player. So a coaching staff trusts you to be out there playing defense so you can take advantage of your skills to, to create transition. And in the, uh, in the college game now with the shot clock, everybody's anticipating a little bit more of a, a role for two-way midfielders, right, than, than have been the case in the past. I guess as you're coaching young people now, you know, what kind of advice are you giving them about being – about being more two-way? What, what are you coaching them up to, to be and to do? Um, I think, you know, spe especially for high school players who are going through the recruiting process, especially, you know, guys that I coach that do have a little bit of speed or, you know, they run hard. You know, my, my advice is just always run hard. If you get an opportunity in the open field to run hard, whether there's a potential for a transition or there's not, just do it because you never really know what's going to happen. But I think a lot of times, if anything, it just puts pressure on the defense and makes, makes them kind of respect the ability of that play, which can open up other things and open up other guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, defense is definitely you – know, the ability to play defense and clear the ball and be smart in the middle of the field is something that, you know, we're definitely teaching a lot of our players here with the advanced program, with our, with our midfielders, making sure you know, they have the ability to play defense, pick up a ground ball, pick up a tough ground ball, and then clear it and make this smart play in transition. Sure. So you said you're going to be playing some indoor this year. I know you signed with the Seals, the, the new team in San Diego. 
what's been your exposure to box lacrosse so far? How much have you played? Uh, I played one game in high school. There you uh, go. <laughs> and so, yeah, this, it's just going to be a big learning experience. I'm really excited. I'm, I feel very fortunate that they gave me a chance to try it out. And so, yeah, I'm just hoping to learn as much as I can and toughen up and get in there and, yeah, learn the new game and hope, hopefully find a way to contribute. When does all that start for you? Uh, our first first stuff starts mid-October, around October 20th, so kind of, or kind of late October. Yep. So it's coming up. You got to be looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm pumped. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I've, a lot of my – I actually – I coached with a guy this last summer who played a ton of box uh, up in Canada, so him and I have been talking a bunch and been trying to pick the brains of all the, all the box guys I play with currently, trying, trying to learn, so it'll be fun. I think there's an a, there's such an enormous learning curve going from field to box. I think more than the other way around. No doubt. And I remember, you know, my own experience having been drafted by the Turbos when they were around in Detroit, and I'd only been playing lacrosse period for five years when I was drafted, and then you know suddenly I'm on a practice arena with the Gate Brothers and you know all these other guys in in the league and and playing a completely different game at a time when. Uh, college lacrosse didn't have two man game, didn't have any of those box principles that everybody's playing with now. So, you know, get ready. It's, it's going to be a completely different experience, but I will tell you from my own experience, I enjoyed playing box more than I enjoyed playing field. It's such a fun game because the balls, I mean, it's always move. You're always moving the balls always in and out of your stick. You can't hide. It's a blast. Yeah. You're going to have so much fun. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, so you played, uh, four years at Michigan. And this, this podcast, the Adrenaline Podcast, so we, you know, a lot of our listeners are, are younger lacrosse players um, who are trying to figure out what they're going to be doing next. And, and talk to me in more general terms, what was the best thing about playing college lacrosse? What, what, what do you cherish the most about that experience? Uh, definitely the relationships that are made. Uh, I mean, that's something that I think it's true for most, most every sporting event, you know, sporting team. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the friendships that we made at, at Michigan were things that you'll have for the rest of your lives. And just, you know, the overall experiences of being at a university that's so, you know, they do everything so well academically, athletically. Um, it was top notch and you, you know, it's funny looking back. I mean, I talked to, I got a couple of buddies from Michigan that I talk to, you know, every other day on the phone, if not every day at some point, or, you know, we communicate in some way. And that's really what makes the place so special. And, you know, you really develop that bond through going through so much playing a sport. Um, I mean, we're together for, we were together for pretty much every, every hour of the day, except for maybe a couple hours if we had a different class. But I had, you know, I had some guys I had class with all day and then went to practice with all day and then I lived with all day and all night. It's like those are those bonds that, you know, are really unbreakable. And especially when you're, when you're practicing so much and you're working out so much and doing so many difficult things, um, you never forget them. I remember you always told us that, uh, especially for the stadium run, we used to run the, the big house stairs at 6 a.m. every Wednesday. And uh, it was it was quite the grind, but uh, you always said this is like some a memory you'll never forget, and it really is. You know, we still <clears throat> excuse me, we still chit chat about it and laugh about it, laugh about all the funny times we had in there, and it's always it's awesome to look back. 
I will tell you, every once in a while, I'll see some college team tweet a picture of them doing some kind of stadium run. And I always kind of laugh, right? Because it's some little tiny stadium where they got like 40 rows or it's, it's, you know, Michigan stadiums, Michigan stadium. It's the biggest one. So it's, it's no joke running that thing at six in the morning on a Wednesday. I know my legs are still still sore from running that last time. (laughs) Yeah. But it is, you know, you say that and it's one of the things that, um, you know, when, when, when I was coaching you guys that older alums who played for me, you know, eight, 10, 15 years before you would always ask when, when they reconnected was you still have them running the stadium, right? Like you better be, the team better be running the stadium. <laughs> and that was one of the first things they wanted to know. Yeah. Was making sure that was still going on. And same thing. They hated it when they were doing it, but they loved the fact that they did it. Oh, exactly. It was the best. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of people, there are a fair amount of people that think they want to play division one lacrosse. They go through the whole process. They, they get there and then it doesn't work for them. Right. They, they end up not sticking it out. Why do you think that happens? Why do you think people don't, don't stick with it? Um, I think, you know, Brian Archer and I were actually talking about this the other day in term, we were talking about how, you know, when you're, when you're in high school, you might play for the you might play for either the love of the game or for the reason that you want to go play in college. And then when you get in college, get into college, you know, you're playing either for the, for the desire to win a championship and also for the love of the game. And you kind of have two different tanks in terms of where you're drawing from. And I think to play in college, any sport, you really need to have a love for the game, but then also just a desire, a desire, I guess, to achieve something bigger than just enjoying it. And I think if you can't kind of put those two together, it's very difficult to find joy in it every day. Cause you know, we even look back and there was, there's a lot of times that were very difficult, you know, where we had an unfavorable practice schedule and maybe as a team, we either weren't doing super well or weren't doing as well as we thought we could. And you still always have to stick it out and go to practice. And you know, there's really, there's really no sick days. I know like, I'm sure maybe you get one in your career, but you're at practice every day. You're at, weightlifting every day and so it is a real grind so if you don't love the game and you don't love the people you're doing it with um you know it's definitely understandable why it's not you know not the thing that you would choose to spend your time all your time with sure what are you talk a little bit about uh, about your recruiting story and and um you know the rules recently changed so Everybody now is being recruited later than they were uh, just three or four years ago. When I left Michigan, we were recruiting eighth and ninth graders. Um, and thank God the rules have changed and everything has slowed down. But you were a really late commit. Talk a little bit about you know how how that whole process of deciding you wanted to play in college and then going through it went for you. Uh, yeah, it was really interesting um, because you know I really didn't. I think I think that. I never, I didn't think about it at all. I, I, had, I had, you know, I didn't know anything about college lacrosse or I wasn't thinking about college at all to begin with. Um, and then in ninth grade, I went to a, this tryout for this team and one of the coaches there kind of asked, you know, what are you guys doing recruiting wise? And we were like, I, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Um, and so this guy, Doug Appleton, he ended up helping us out and he got me into a recruiting event and, 
you know, unfortunately I got injured right before, so I didn't get to get to go to it, but that kind of got us thinking and then ended up playing on a couple different travel teams that were going to events where there was coaches. And so, you know, from those coaches that we had who encouraged us to reach out to kind of plant the seed, we started reaching out and it was an interesting process because my sophomore year I got, I talked to, you know, a couple different coaches and I actually went and visited a couple different schools and, you know, from, from what I was hearing, I was like, oh man, this might actually happen. I might actually, you know, have the ability to try and play at one of these places. And a couple of schools, you know, showed a ton of interest, kind of said that come time they're going to, they would like to make an offer. And but at the end of the day, the talk's kind of cheap. And um, once, once the September 1st came around when they could, when they could send out an offer, uh, I didn't, I didn't really have any, I think I had one, one or two coaches call me and didn't really have any. And I was kind of like, Oh man, maybe this isn't going to happen. Um, and then really out of the blue, uh, Michigan reached out and it was a pretty, pretty generic, like come to our junior day recruiting day. And you know, I didn't, honestly, I didn't really know anything about Michigan. Uh, my mom was like, Oh yeah, Michigan's awesome. And so, <laughs> so we were like, all right, let's go check it out. And so, we ended up going out there and it was amazing. I mean, I pretty much, and I had visited like three other schools beforehand and we had gotten there and, you know, we immediately went and started walking around campus and really like, honestly, immediately kind of fell in love with the whole atmosphere and just, you know, the way that people were, how everyone was so excited about being there and, you know, what the, what the block M really stood for. Um, and so I was getting all fired up, but I still, you know, had no idea if, if Michigan had any interest. And then, we ended up going on a tour uh, with a big old group of people. And then on Sunday, there was a, basically like a scrimmage day. And so all the, all the kids who were there, we all suited up and played for about two hours or so. Um, and I had a blast. I ended up meeting a couple guys that ended up committing there and I ended up going to school with. Um, but yeah, it was really out of the blue after, after the scrimmage. Uh, I can't remember if it was, I think it was coach, I think it was coach Brochart. Um, or was it, was it you actually? I can't remember, but because I was pretty much blacked out when you guys said it, but it came up and was like, Hey, uh, we, we'd like it. If you, if you want to come here, you got a spot. And I was like, Holy smokes. All right. And so, uh, I, I ended up go going home and pretty much the second I got home, uh, called right back and was like, yeah, I'm in, I'll be there. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I, I just, I feel very lucky because I think a lot of, a lot of schools ended up, you know, not really looking at me and it was the only real offer I had. And so it was, and it was great because it's the only one I really wanted looking back on it. It's uh, it's amazing how life can work out. You know, if you have a passion for what you do and, and, and you just get after it. And, and like you said, at the start of our conversation, you get up every day excited about your day and just see what it's going to bring. And a lot of times with that attitude, whether it seems like it or not, stuff is going to work out you know, in the long run, there might be some lows along the way, but stuff is going to work out. And so, you know, for you, obviously it has so far. What's, uh, what else is on your plate these days? So you're playing lacrosse indoor and outdoor. You're coaching some, what, what, what are you doing with your life? Um, so I coach for advanced, advanced lacrosse. We, um, we do camps, travel teams and everything, uh, all over Northern California. And now, kind of even have some stuff going on in Seattle. Um, and so during the summer, I do a ton of camps for them. And then I also am currently directing the T Lake Tahoe region. And so we have travel teams in Lake Tahoe that I oversee and coach. 
I go up there frequently. We do a fall program, so every weekend I'm up there. And then during the week, uh, I help out with our high school high school team, so Davis High. We just started fall ball. And then I also do, you know, I'll do some private training depending on if people are interested. Um, and then I also am working for my dad a little bit, so he's still working in the shop. Um, I got to go over there later today and build some tables. He does he does a lot of work for a couple restaurants around here, and so there's always always something new to work on. And I've just been trying to trying to learn from him because he's he's the master, so I want to want to learn as much as I can. Um, and then there's also there's a lacrosse store in Sacramento called Lacrosse Fanatic that I'll for a while I was working there just consistently one day a week, and I'm kind of consistently doing one day a week there, but really just kind of doing, doing a little different thing every day, but coaching is, is probably the biggest, biggest part of it. So if you, if you have a vision for where your life's headed, what is that right now? What would you, what would you love to be doing full time? There is anything. Um, honestly, I think most of the things I'm doing now, um, I think, yeah, yeah, really most things I'm doing now for at least, at least for now. Um, maybe add in a few more things. Like I'd love to, I think at some point I'd love to um, be involved a little bit in like product development um, and helping, you know, helping developing. So I'm currently working with uh, true, true temper. Yeah. So they, they got into the lacrosse world a few years ago, but um, you know, they're the best, they're, they're the biggest golf shaft um, supplier in the world. And, the biggest manufacturer they got the you know leading leading edge technology in that department and they've brought that over to the lacrosse world and so it's been really fun to be involved with some of the new products that are coming out on their end and help provide a little bit of input but i hope to in the future you know be able to provide more and help develop things and yeah i don't know i, I think i think the dream job would be would be just to you know, find a position where you can really can help grow the game and get out there and reach a lot of young kids. Cause I think one thing, even in Davis, you know, we haven't, we need to spend more time actively showing kids what the game is. And I, I can imagine that's true for most everywhere on the West coast. And so, you know, giving every kid at least the idea of lacrosse. So they have the option to play it as opposed to, you know, you get a lot of kids who come ninth, 10th grade. They're like, Oh man, I wish I, wish I knew what lacrosse was when I was in fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Um, or they finish high school and they find out. And so, you know, making sure that people have that option growing up. Well, you're in a, you're in a great position now to influence a lot of young people as a professional player and as a, as a noticeable one, obviously with, you know, who you are and your personality and your look and everything, success you're having. Who were some of the guys who you looked up to when you were a kid playing lacrosse? Who were you trying to emulate when you were a young player? Um, when I, I mean, I always, I always looked at the Kyle Harrison playing style wise and honestly, I used to, I used to always watch him and him and Paul Rabel a lot. Um, I just, I liked the way that they dodged hard and shot the ball on the run. And that was something I always tried to do. Um, and then in terms of players who are around me, I mean, when I was, when I was younger in Davis, there was a couple guys who were, you know, on the varsity team that I always was like, Oh man, I want to play like that guy. And, you know, there was a, there was, we had an awesome senior class my freshman year, and really a lot of those guys, you know, they were pretty, pretty successful in the high school level, and so I always looked up to those guys. And um, Yeah, I mean, I kind of 
there's there's so many different I'm trying to think back to really all the people but there's so many so many players that I used to love to watch and I spent you know so much time on YouTube watching highlights and things like that and then when um when I was playing club ball and Chris Rotelli and Eric Martin were coaching it's like those are the guys where I was like you know I want to I want to be able to shoot the ball like Chris and I was I always tried to tried to kind of emulate the way he the way he shot and a lot of things he did playing wise it's so important, right, to to have people that you can that you can look up to and and try to copy what they're doing. I mean, obviously, people who are successful, you, know, you can recreate things to a certain extent, but people who are successful are successful for a reason. So, yeah. you know, pick yeah. a couple of them out and try and try and do what they do. That's a yeah. good way to approach it. Yeah, and it's so so cool with the lacrosse world. I mean, it's it still is a pretty tight knit community, even though it's growing. But you know, a lot of those players who are you know, some of the best in the business, they're still, you know, they're always open to talking and they, they, you know, they love, they love that people, I guess that people care. And so I think, I think that's really cool that there's players like that where you can reach out to them and communicate with them. And, you know, they, they think it's just as cool talking to you as you think it is talking to them. And I think yeah. that's the coolest part about the game. It's a great way to put it that they, they appreciate that you care. Cause I think our sport, you know, while we, while we all appreciate how much it's growing, and, and want to see it keep growing, we still are a small sport. We're, we're a little tiny niche sport in the whole scheme of things, right? And so that's, I think, one of the special things or should be one of the special things about lacrosse people is we shouldn't expect a whole lot of attention. And when we get it, we should appreciate it because <laughs> it, it doesn't come that much. Yeah. Right? So, so if yeah. someone's actually going to take the time to care what we're doing, then that's awesome. Definitely. No, I'm really excited. I'm excited for, I think, where the sport is headed. Um, I think it just in, on, all, on all levels, I'm excited to see what, what's going to happen as, um, as it continues to grow and as more people are interested in helping to grow it. So it's going to be fun to, fun to see where it goes. Yep. Stepping away from lacrosse a little bit, what are some of the, I mean, you've always had kind of an adventurous spirit. I know you like being in the outdoors and, um, and, and you know, getting out and exploring. What are some of the things on your bucket list? that that are high on the list to do um i really want to i want to like ride ride a motorcycle around the world yeah like you know touch every continent and go around that's definitely up there um i guess i think i think more 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 obtainable more quicker happening ones will be just i love i love riding the motorcycle so going on adventures you know within the united states canada mexico um, and really just traveling. I went to, I was fortunate enough. I got to go to Greece this last summer. We had a big family reunion back there. Um, I only got to go for a week, but, um, it was awesome to get over there and kind of get a taste. And so I really want to at some point kind of go and just backpack and travel all around Europe. Um, there's really a lot of things. I think, I think a lot of them just involve traveling around. Um, I really, I want to race in the Baja 1000. Really? So, yeah, that's, that's on there. That's going to be, that's probably going to take a while, but, uh, I really want to do that. That would be, that would be a dream. Um, but I don't know. I just, I love, I love playing golf and I love kind of traveling around. So anytime I can do any of those things, it's a good day. Well, you know what I'm waiting for. I'm still waiting for your American Ninja Warrior debut. Yeah, that's that. That's pushing you. I'm not, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> that's hopefully in the works. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work on that a little bit, but <laughs> You need to get to, you need to get, get to one of those parkour training gyms. 
I know. I, I'll start doing that. That'll be the new upper body training. But it could be. I would. I would definitely love to do that. Actually, yeah. It's a good thing. I got to write that down, and I'll, I'll. I'll set a goal for it. I still got. Okay. I got time. Well, good. I mean, yeah. If it's, uh, I'm not going to stop. Maybe I'll start sending you a message every week. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I need some going. I think you. I think you're a natural for it. Um, well, this is awesome, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, and it's always great to catch up. And uh, and you know, you know, I'm proud of you. It's it's awesome to see everything you're doing, and it's cool to see you have success in lacrosse. But it's even cooler to see you transfer so much of your passion for lacrosse and life to young people, which I, I know is something that you take really seriously. But you know, I feel like if you have a calling, that's it. And, uh, and I'm, I'm fired up that that's what you get to do right now because it's, it's affecting a lot of people. So keep doing it. I appreciate it. Thank, thanks a bunch, coach. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, like always, thank, thanks for the opportunity, you know, many years ago. Yeah. It, was, uh, it made course. a big difference. I appreciate it. It was a no brainer. Uh, all right. I will, uh, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. we're back. Well, that was pretty fun, wasn't it? That was cool for me to uh, get to talk to Mikey in this format. Um, so far, all the episodes of the podcast have been with coaches and uh, fun to change that up and, and talk to uh, a current player and, and especially somebody who means so much to me, um, played for me at Michigan, who I recruited to Michigan. Was one of the people who took a chance on us as we were starting the program. And, you know, as he described, we were kind of taking a chance on him as well. And, um, and uh, I think it, it certainly worked out well for, for Michigan and for me as a coach. He was uh, a really, really special person to have around our program and to have around me and, you know, count him, count myself lucky to uh, still have him in my life. But um, I think if you get, you know, something out of that interview from Mikey specifically is, uh, you know, this, this attitude that he has of, of just getting up and attacking every day and, and having a positive attitude about what's going on around you. And, and I've been around a lot of really, really interesting people and really driven people. And, uh, and I don't think I've, I've met another person who had quite the same attitude about life as, as he does. Um, he literally does bring a positivity all the time that is contagious and uh, I'm sure the, the outlaws and now the seals are, are lucky to have him as part of those organizations and not surprised that he's developed into the, into the player and teammate that, that he is at that level. One of the things he touched on, I asked him um, what the, you know, the best things about playing college lacrosse were and, and he talked about the relationships and you know, that is, certainly the case. Um, those relationships that you forge through team sports are so special uh, and lasting and they are, they're lifelong bonds. Um, anybody who's been involved in sports as long as I have uh, has countless stories of, of um, teammates that they played with um, and groups, you know, staying in touch and getting back together and, and helping each other when they need help and 
um, or players who, who, who played for them, former players and, and watching them and, and their teammates, you know, progress through their lives together and, and share um, their lives together uh, and the special bonds that they have through the time they spent playing in college. Uh, I have a lot of examples of that. In fact, one of my former players, um, young man named Svet Tinchev just got married this past weekend and uh, his wedding was down in Medellin, Colombia um, because his wife uh, has family from there. And so, so they had the wedding down there and, and uh, you know, texting with, with a couple of the guys last weekend um, at the wedding, Svet included and, um, and looking at pictures on social media and, yeah, so great to see about a dozen of his teammates from here at Michigan. We trekked all the way down there in Columbia to be a part of that wedding. And, um, and all those guys will be part of each other's lives forever. Um, and, and so many stories like that. I just got back a couple of weeks ago from a hiking trip in, uh, in Oregon and, um, did a, a four day hike, 40 mile hike around Mount hood with, Delager Singer, who's a former player of mine. He was a senior in my first year coaching at Michigan, so 23 years ago now. Um, and Bill and I have, uh, and, and another former player, Andrew Katz, have shared a number of outdoor adventures together, mountaineering and climbing adventures, hiking and camping adventures. And, um, you know, again, a, a, a friendship that's forged through sports uh, that never goes anywhere. And, and ultimately, the opportunity to compete, the opportunity to represent a special place wherever you're playing or whoever you're playing for, um, the opportunity to, uh, to win, to learn life lessons. All of those things are, are amazing. But the lasting thing about playing sports, team sports especially, are, are the bonds that you forge. And that lesson gets driven home more and more through your life uh, as you look back on, on what's really special about the things you've done. And I think also, uh, you know, really important to keep that perspective about what that's going to mean to you if you get into a situation that's, that's uh, really tough. If you're, you're in a team sport, you're going to face adversity. You are going to have up and, ups and downs, personal ones. You know, you might, you might have injuries. You might lose some of your passion for what you're doing. You might, um, you know, have some differences with your coaches. Uh, it's going to be tough sometimes. And if you have that perspective about how meaningful it's going to be to get through all of that with your teammates at your side through the rest of your life, then, then sometimes that's all you need to keep going. And, uh, and I guarantee that payoff is worth it down the line when, when you're sharing and looking back at, um, at everything you went, went through, both the highs and the lows, and they'll be both. And that's one of the really special things about playing a team sport. So uh, I'm really looking forward to see what Mikey has in store in the rest of his career. Um, had a great time catching up, as I always do with him, and uh, he's just getting started. I mean, he's only two years out of college and, and two years in the league, and uh, I think he's, gonna, he's just getting started in box lacrosse this year with the Seals uh, and obviously continuing on with the Outlaws and wherever his professional career takes him. Uh, I'm excited to see where that goes because you know, he blew up this year. I think the sky's the limit for, for him and, uh, and, you know, we'll see. Um, I think more championships are probably in his future and, and more accolades. Uh, but most importantly, 
the opportunity for uh, him to share with teammates, you know, what, what he brings to the table every day, which is uh, that, that zest for life and ability to attack each day. So that's it for me. Uh, episode seven, we will be back in the next week or two with episode eight. I hope you're enjoying the podcast as always, please reach out to me through social media. If you have any suggestions about topics, people you'd like to see on the podcast, uh, always open to, um, both, uh, criticism and suggestions. Uh, so please feel free in the meantime, looking forward to sharing with you again in the next episode. Thanks. Have a great day. 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 Have a great day.